previously on Good Sex, Bad Sex. Boy, was I stupid for giving it away for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> that was really stupid. I mean, God, that was stupid. Why did I do that? <laughs> Hello and welcome to Good Sex, Bad Sex. This is a podcast from metro.co.uk. It's kind of like this summer's World Cup, but with more dribbling in the boxes. <laughs> Speaking of which, I'm Miranda Kay. And my name is Bibi Lynch. And you can check out our blogs at metro.co.uk. Coming up, we're chatting to a lass who loves to talk. Hi, I'm Cameron Moore. I'm a playwright slash performer and also a former phone sex operator. So you know Cameron. I do. I love her name, Cameron. It's lovely. Cameron Moore Cameron as well. Moore. Makes it so Moorish. Moorish. How do you know each other? Uh, well, we started off, um, we've been like at different fringe festivals throughout the last few years. And we're both in that same kind of show. We do shows about sex, basically. So You do shows about sex? I know. It's not like a bang on about it every time. But so, yeah, we're sort of put into that same kind of camp. And I've always been like fascinated because she did phone sex. <gasps> I know. Is so, that what we're going to talk about? Yeah, I was just about to say, like, before we start, we'll just get a sense of what Cameron does on the phone because she recorded a little teaser for us. Put some coins in the slot. Ooh, that sounds fun. I haven't, I haven't had a good titty fuck in a long time. Yeah, but, you know, I'm going to need to get that all slicked up. So I'm going to get down on my knees in front of you. Mmm. I'm going to start by tickling your ball sack with my fingertips. So smooth and light. And then just get down there and nibble and kiss all around your balls. Mmm. 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 <laughs> I love the way you smell down there. When your balls get all tight like that, I know you're going to give me a good load later. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any pre-cum yet? Yeah? Because I want to taste it. Just put out my tongue and pick up that clear little drop. Mmm. Mmm. So salty and good. Mmm. <laughs> yeah. I think you're definitely getting close. <laughs> okay, so Phone Horror is a drama with funny bits based on my work as a phone sex operator. So I was a phone sex operator for... Almost eight years, and oh I God, wrote you that. Had like, me at phone sex. Yeah, <laughs> I do. With a lot of people, they forget that I said drama. It was funny <laughs> because it's actually for a lot of people. They don't understand what goes into phone sex. They don't understand the actual labor behind it, and they also don't understand male sexuality um, hardly at all. I would say, like phone sex operators, know more about male sexuality than anybody. I have literally sat back in the chair. Yeah. And I am ready. <laughs> yes. Let's talk about we were so recording people, this. <laughs> so people know, like people get excited. They got excited. You said they got excited about phone whore because they think it's all some kind of like tits and giggles farce. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's it, you know, phone sex is, is actually quite a bit more dramatic than that. So that's, uh, that's what phone whore was about. It's kind of a one hour slice of life hanging out with a phone sex operator who's on call. Oh, that's such yeah. a good idea. Yeah. Well, you're not actually hanging out with me while I was on call. Yeah. I mean, it's a scripted play. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you so get what that were people experience. seeing? So they were just seeing me moving around a, a studio apartment, uh, making coffee and making toast and going to the bathroom with the door open the way you do when you have friends hanging out. Because a lot of times uh, when I was working, 
when I was on call, I would have friends come over and just hang out. And because there was always a lot of time in between calls and I would just get so lonely um, that I wanted friends to hang out. And so that's the experience the audience has is where we're just chilling. And in between calls, I'm telling them all my philosophies and talking about the clients and and then the calls come in. I drop everything immediately, and they're suddenly in the position of eavesdropping on yeah. these kinds of calls. Oh my take. god! Did yeah. you go and see it? Yeah, what was it's it like? such a roller coaster because <laughs> certainly, like for me, like when I'm doing a show, I'll do like keep it like funny, funny, funny. But mm. Cameron hits on some really like I don't want to give the plot. I don't want to spoil. The spoilers are on the internet. Yes, like, okay. spoilers. <laughs> I'm so, in my pajamas. Tell us, tell us about the calls then. Yeah, what okay. kind of stuff? Yeah, so I, basically there are four four calls that the audience hears over the course of the show that eavesdrop. And, and they start out uh, – I can use whatever words on this of podcast. Course. Yeah. Right? Okay. So yeah. it starts out with this fairly um, – I would consider fairly vanilla, like stereotypical – call um like blowjob titty fuck yeah uh, that's lovely yeah it's lovely it was really it's quite almost cartoonish it's just so that's what people think of when they think of phone sex so they get that in the first you know five minutes and then we go on to like other calls that are really unexpected like um uh, a homoerotic locker room multiracial gangbang mm-hmm. i don't generally put on voices if anything <laughs> i would make the like if i'm in that call, I would be playing, um, you know, if I want to have something, some narration coming from the basketball players <clears throat> who who <laughs> who wanted who this guy wanted to be, you know, violently taken by, uh, I would just yell. I would just deepen my voice and yell, "Get up there on the bench, stick your ass out." <laughs> yeah. Did you never say please? Not as a basketball no, player. No, no. Manners don't yeah. come into this. No. And so in those cases where I'm doing like homoerotic stuff, the um, the caller, I think, calls. Uh, I got a lot of those calls. Like all the calls that mm. I take in phone whore, were, I chose them because they were like representative of yeah. a fair number. Mm. I didn't ever want to be in the position of like, well, this is just a one off. This yeah. is just one guy. These are all common things. And, uh, you know, I think in the case of the guys who were calling in to talk to a woman about homoerotic fantasies is they wanted, maybe they weren't entirely comfortable calling a gay phone line. Mm. And so talking to a woman somehow put an extra psychic buffer on that. Yeah. Did women ever call you? No, no, no. The only time that I talked to women, there were three times that I talked to women. I remember those very clearly. That tells you how seldom that was. Right. Um, and they were always in the company of their partner, their male uh, partner yeah. who was calling in. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, mostly it was terrible because they – like in two cases, uh, they – well, one case, the, the couple was like stoned off their tits. They were completely – having a party and like they both fell asleep in the middle of the call <laughs> because they were so fucking baked that they couldn't you know I mean that's great if you're getting paid by the minute I like. know but at a certain point but the like, ego that yeah, must have no, hurt no it didn't because I knew how I knew how ripped they were I knew how completely bonkers they were and um, I was like I, <laughs> that's hilarious yeah and that was also funny because they asked if I like to party and I'm so naive about drugs <laughs> and I was like I like to party yeah and I didn't understand what what, what they were talking about until like <laughs> you were after a, a bit couple. of cake and jelly yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, the, and then the other time like the 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 guy wanted his wife to do like a twosome with like a lesbian encounter and she did not want to be there uh. it was so offensive it was such a violation you know uh. and so i had to 
Did any, did skirt it, around it a little bit. Did you? Yeah. Did anything ever happen that you refused to do, partake in, cool nope. boys? Why? Because my company uh, was a no taboo company. And so we weren't supposed to, the, the operators were not supposed to have any taboos. We weren't supposed to turn down any calls. Oh. Um, I tried once to like dodge uh, away from a call that I really didn't want to do. And the caller just said, oh, well, that's fine. I'll just call back and tell him I want another girl. He knew exactly what my boss's response would have been to that. It's economic coercion there, right? Wow. So, so he put he put that kind of pressure on. And I finally knuckled down and did it. And I felt like shit. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I didn't turn things down. After a while, I like learned that I could have turned things down, but I didn't know at the beginning that I could have. Mm. Uh, and then they told me, they they asked if I would take a call from this guy that I really hated. I'm like, oh God, I don't want to talk to him. And they and and they said, oh yeah, but like none of the other girls will take him anymore. I'm like, whoa, 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 well, whoa, 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 that's an option. <laughs> and, they said, and they said, not for you, it isn't, because we know you can do it. Oh, yeah, that was kind of dodgy behavior on their part. Well, how did you get into this in the first place? It's amazing what you'll do when you need the money. <laughs> um, in the recession of 2008, 2009, we talk about like that is ancient history, but that's that's what it was 10 We're years ago. We're still living it. We're still yeah. living in it, right? And so I was working in marketing at a textbook publishing company and got laid off. And uh, there were then 100 applications for uh, one waitressing job, and yeah. I didn't know what to do. So, um, you know, friends had been telling me for years, you have a great voice, you yeah. should do phone sex. And I, for a long time, I just kind of pushed back. I said, who does phone sex? I'm a feminist. Like, I just d- didn't really uh, want to buy into that. But, you know, again, when you have rent to pay mm. and you've begged and begged money, it's like you've got to do something. So, so what was your first call? How Do you remember how you dealt with that? <laughs> I don't remember the content of the call. I remember afterwards shaking for 20 minutes because I could it wasn't it wasn't a traumatic call it was just I couldn't believe that I had just done that. Mm. Like I couldn't believe that I had just talked to a strange man about his dick <laughs> for money. It was just like I just ugh. and I had friends who had already lined up you know, to talk to you afterwards. It's like, I, I might need some aftercare. And uh, I totally did. I don't remember what the call was, though. I don't think it was anything extraordinary. I don't think it was uh, anything too out of the ordinary. I was just like, I had only gotten like two calls to listen in on before they threw me into the so water. So that's the training. Hey. That's the training. They gave a little two-page booklet, uh, PDF. What's it called? Oh, I don't know. Good to talk. No, no. They just get on one on one side. It gives like fifty different synonyms for cock and and cunt, basically. <laughs> and I mean, we're talking about they're digging. and you knew them all. No, I didn't. We're talking <laughs> scraping the bottom of the barrel. We're talking the horrible ones like beef curtains, like no. like meat torpedo. Who is going to use that in a phone call? Nobody except the butcher. It's not going to happen. Um, Bibi, so, will you still stop I, texting I me that every five minutes? When you just said scraping the barrel. Like barrel, I thought, well, that's a little offensive. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and, and ouch. Ouch, oh. yeah. So, you know, they didn't give me any training at all. Jesus, and they just threw me so in. crazy. Yeah. Mm. But mm. I really enjoy because you you did you did phone sex whilst yeah. you were traveling and, and you're touring. And so there's quite there's a load, there's some like fantastic updates. Did you keep a blog? Was it just on Facebook or did you? No, keep I, a I ended up I started out giving status updates on Facebook about my work because really? people just were like, What is going on with your job? Whoa. And then I decided to um, move that over to my blog. And so I have a fairly extensive from like 2009 to uh, the end of 2016 when I stopped doing phone sex um, for pay. Uh, 
It's <laughs> quite it's, and yeah, a full collection of kind of my responses to and some everyone's of got different names and different nicknames yes. and all yeah. the regular readers. You get to know who the regular extreme are. top this and bilingual yeah. puppy. Yes, oh, bilingual puppy. Yeah, oh, puppy like P A P I, like Spanish speaker. Oh. So he. I accidentally got assigned to him. He like he was all he, you know, he was looking for someone who spoke Spanish, but there aren't that many people who speak Spanish on this phone sex line. And so I told him that, or I had my dispatcher tell him that, but he just liked to teach me Spanish oh. phrases. Um things to tell him. Yo soy, yo soy tu muñeca. I'm your I'm your little doll, you know. Yo soy tu esclava, I'm your slave girl. Like and he was all about the butt sex. And so I on learned you, like on, on, on me, on me. Oh okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah. was totally a, like a, a a greedy dom daddy and he yeah. wanted to <laughs> Put a wedding ring on my finger while he was fucking my ass. So. Oh, that's actually <laughs> that's, I know, and he liked that's to, actually beautiful. He liked cake. He liked to talk about putting cake on my ass yeah. to eat it off my ass, which yeah. is super sweet because most guys aren't going to go down there. They're just going to put the dick in it. Yeah, yeah. this and is lovely. It is. And then, he, and then he, he used to call on special holidays. And so he would have me sing like Feliz Navidad with his dick in my mouth, right? Like <laughs> Feliz Navidad. Like I was giving him a vote job while I was singing. I've missed the podcast. I haven't been. I feel. I feel. I feel like this has never happened to me before, and yet, look where I am. What? Having Feliz Navidad. Like, I don't know. I don't even know what you're saying anymore. I literally am burning. <laughs> okay. What's the song? Is it the Star Wars theme? There's supposed to be a song. That if you hum it, it's a really good blowjob song. If you wow. Hum it. wow. I'll find that out. We'll find out. Oh, <laughs> we'll find wow. that's fantastic (laughs) and all these fantastic stories is that what inspired you to which i want to talk to you because you've got to go to smut slam this evening yeah yeah what's smut slam please smut slam i love it i love it Ah, my favorite thing it's a it is it is absolutely i get evangelical about it so stop me like kick me under the table if i go on too long um (laughs) smut slam is it is a it is a way of life no it is um (laughs) it is I have a number of different events under the same umbrella, but Smut Slam at its root is um, a community dirty storytelling open mic where I don't bring in (laughs) comics or performers to tell stories. I, as a host, have to get audience members up to tell their own real-life first-person sex stories. Oh, my God. I sweat. We have prizes from the different sex toy stores uh, Mm -hmm. here in London. Of course, that's uh, Shush, uh, Women Erotic Emporium. Enjoy as well. I enjoy is remember a, is, the butt plug. That yeah, you've enjoy, been... <laughs> enjoy, enjoy. As they say, Master Chef. Stainless they... steel butt plugs and other weapons of Quite mass the beast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, those. It's basically a storytelling evening where I get um, where I get the members of the audience to come up and and share their shit. And and that's not just in London. This is now there are sixteen branches around the world. I have a lock on mostly on UK. I'm based in Germany, so I've got like three or four going on in Germany and Reykjavik. Um, and then there are um, there are s- seven chapters in North America. There's one forming in Melbourne. Wow. Um, yeah. So it's because I train these people to go into it with the same attitude that I have, which is, you know, just fucking open up and tell people. Mm. Um, and we also have a fairly um, supportive code of conduct, which makes us very different from any kind of comedy open mic where where people are encouraged to share things. But it has to be like always about consent, um, not racist or transphobic, homophobic, anything like that. We have I, because it's an open mic and I don't know who these people yeah. are. They could just wander in and be 
dickheads, you know? Mm. So I have to lay down a really cl- clear code of conduct that I think sets Smut Slime apart from almost any other event. Is mm. there a need for this? Is there a need for people to... Are people gagging, if I may? Uh-huh. <laughs> are people gagging to spurt on? <laughs> <laughs> they want to spill, yeah. 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 They, they definitely... Um, like, I have to be a little bit mercenary about this. I don't go back to a place and just bang my head against a brick wall if no one's showing up. Even in Berlin, like you wouldn't feel like Berlin, for example, would just need to share. Like, isn't that the reputation of Berlin that is sex is just spilling out on the sidewalk? It's kind of gross. But um, <laughs> no, but like it, it's got that reputation of just being free and easy. And presumably in those places, right, they don't need to share with strangers because they already do share with strangers. But in fact, you know, it's it's selling out every month in Berlin. You know, what well, if you hear something that's really outrageous? Do you? If it doesn't go against a code of conduct, I mean, it's definitely we're open to everything from super soft core and vanilla to uh, kink, everything, as long as it's consensual. So mm. someone will tell you what they're going to say. Nope. I don't so how know. do you know if it's going against the code, code of conduct before they're up, up on the stage talking? I don't talking? know. I have to be really clear in the event listing. I, have to, I, I read the code. Of, I am like a I am a school teacher from the microphone at the night of the show. And I mm. lay it out really clearly. And I say, here's the penalty for. It's not a penalty, but it's like uh, if you if you don't adhere to the code of conduct, we're going to have an educational moment from the microphone <laughs> yeah. where I might ask you awkward questions like, why did you use that word? You know that people don't use that word anymore, right? Or, you know, when you said it that way, it sounded a little fetishizing and degrading. Okay. So they're not going to... They're not going to do that twice. They're not not going to do it it. twice. And like everyone in the room, like because a lot of times with those stories, people will still laugh. Like the whole notion of consent even is so gray, you know, that like not everyone understands. So if they're if I'm educating the person who told the story, I I heard while they were telling story, people laughing. I know there are other people in the room who don't understand what the problem is either. Mm. And so it's my job as the host to, to kind of step in and educate and you know, whatever, not like I'm so enlightened, but like at least to tell them, here's the reason why this is problematic. And then let the judges know, cause there are judges. And like, so the judges are on alert that this yeah. was a problem. And then I have to bring the room back in and say, and on to the next fun thing. So it's a <laughs> keep re- it breezy. It's, yeah. Keep it breezy. Completely. But it's also like, cause people have to pay for a ticket and yeah. they have to book it online. And so if you are going to go, like there's so many London open mic gigs that are free and yeah. they are just, Swampy dog dirt, basically. I don't so, like those kinds of things. No. So at least yeah. with Smut Slam, because you're paying for the ticket, you, yeah. you, it's up to you to know what you're coming into. Mm. And like certainly with the ones that I've been to, there hasn't been anyone that's been like, oh, so I got this girl and I totally fucked her up the yeah. bum. And it was like, you, yeah. do you know what I mean? But, but on they, the other hand, like, more... yeah, the last, the la- one of the last slams that I did, I had to have four educational moments for the mic, oh. including one including one that one of the judges actually disagreed with, like, right there. So I'm like, I can't work with you as a judge anymore. Really? <laughs> what was the disagreement? It, um, I said that a story was homophobic, and the judge, who was gay, said, I'm the gay here. Yeah. I, I get to decide what's homophobic. It's like, you are not the sole arbiter uh, of homophobia here, Yeah, says the by dyke, right? Like, I, like, I'm queer myself. And so, like, I, you don't get to say. But what was the judge's take then? Why did the judge think it wasn't? Because he was just more lax about it. He didn't see that it was a, a thing. Um, one of the rules of Smut Slam is we don't talk about stories outside the, outside the show. Yeah. Uh, but he was... He, he <laughs> was so brilliant. Yeah, he, was, he, was more, he was more lax in his approach. He didn't really care. And I guess my take on this would be, like, it's the same thing as something happens to a woman, say. And there are going to be some women who, like... 
that's not a problem. Yeah, yeah, Why is that a problem? Right. Why are you making a fuss? That's not harassment. Like no one woman or no one person of a group can represent anything about a group, especially when it comes to harassment or like mm, things like that. So, you know, you said you knew everything about men. <laughs> I didn't say that I know everything. I said phone sex <laughs> operators know more than most. What did you learn? Um, I learned that men are much more creative than people sexually than people give them credit for in their heads. Uh, they may they may not get to act it out as much for various reasons, but uh, I learned that the stereotype about straight men in particular of being brutish and not caring which hole they stick it in is completely a lie. It's completely a lie. And it does so it's, – it's just not doing – it's doing a great disservice to straight men to like talk about it like that. Like they just have – they're just as creative – uh, they can be, I should say, like not all of them, you know, some of them are as creative as a pile of slightly crusty socks, but um, <laughs> a fair number of them are going to bring just as much kind of eagerness and excitement and creativity about their kinks or their desires to the table. If you give them room for it, if you go into it non-judgmentally, um, that was a major revelation for me. And um, that became a large part of what I enjoyed about doing phone sex is holding that space for these callers. Yeah. Mm. The, or otherwise known as Twitter DMs. Ah, uh, that's is it? Yeah, I think that space is there. <laughs> it, oh. For you, maybe. <laughs> I think that's uh, uh, the girls getting paid for that kind of shit. Yeah, so, no, I don't know. You're, you're giving away for free. I'm yeah. not giving anything away. <laughs> They're coming in. Yeah. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't returning. Yeah, but that's not real either. That's like just people doing power play. I'm talking about when they like when they really have the space and they get down to it. Like, that's not what that is. That's just gross. Does it help that you're anonymous, do you think, for them? Because they yeah. don't know what you look like. They don't know who you are. They know that they could be walking out on the street and you could walk right past them and you, neither of you are going to know each other. Yeah, I mean, that's part of why they open up, right? Mm. Like, if they if there's any chance that there's going to be a meeting, I don't think it would be quite the same thing. Yeah. Um, but the anonymity that I had as a phone sex operator certainly gives some safety to that so that's revelation. interesting. Do you yeah. think it's the they're talking to you because they feel safe because it's there's the, there's the disconnect? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Would they start seeing a sex worker next? Is there any line that goes like that? Would, uh, why do people still use phone? Ah, sex okay, right. Um, I don't know. I don't think that that like phone sex is the gateway drug. Mm. Uh, I don't think that's part yeah. of it. <laughs> I never got that sense. I think that phone sex exists for, for actually. I don't know how it exists nowadays because of FOSTA and SESTA. I don't know if you've talked yes, about this. Okay. Yeah. Um, and certainly, I worked for a U.S. phone sex company, and I don't know how they're doing there now um, because a lot of stuff is being swept up. Mm. Um, by that mm. uh, kind of attack. But the way that it worked before, it was a very cheap way of getting individualized attention. It's the cheapest form of like personal kind of service, yeah. right? Um, some people, I think some men especially, are maybe the kinds of people who can listen to a football match and on the radio and follow it. Do you have any, do you know people uh, like yeah, that? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like they, they can, they can get it. it. They can do it. And, um, I do that. Yeah. Do. As you can, if you have a good visual imagination and then, I mean, mostly phone sex works for people whose fantasies are not easy to, to even bring out for various reasons. It could be, they defy the laws of physics. We don't have <laughs> space travel yet. Um, it's not actually possible to grow tentacles on the end of your fingers yeah. at this point. Um, so lots of things that wouldn't actually be possible um, are possible when you are just spinning fantasies. And that's, that's really what phone sex is good for. Did it turn you on? No. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> what? Is no. it the 
cliche of you're doing your ironing. Yeah, baby. Yeah. No, no yeah, that is a cliche. That is a cliche. Uh, I was always very focused. I'm laughing because in this room, there's this this green screen yeah. over here. Yeah. And, and you're I, performing for us in about two seconds. <laughs> I um, always imagined when I was doing when I was doing the calls, I would stare off at a wall and it was like the green screen for, for whatever porno, basically. I made this porno in my head of yeah. what I was talking about. And so I just kind of projected it and narrated it. So it was like a voiceover of what was happening in my brain. Um, I never did ironing once I had to check the cookies. But that was <laughs> once in eight And years. when you say cookies, and that was do in- you mean cookies? <laughs> I mean, you do not want filth. to burn oatmeal cookies, no, is yeah, what I'm saying. No. Huh. So uh, did you... <laughs> So you're using that sort of experience yeah. for all your different shows, including your new one. What's the new my one? New show. Oh Ter- my god, I'm you're both singing it. So looking forward to this one. I didn't know she knew the melody. I didn't know. <laughs> it's a little ditty you yeah. made up on the tune. Yeah. Um, yeah. So phone sex is not what all of my shows are based yeah. on, but like sex and sexuality certainly is interesting to me. Yeah. Um, and all, almost all of my shows tap into that. I've got six shows, uh, solo shows that I've, I've created over the last eight years. Um, and the newest one is called Terrible Sex Tips, Live and Uncut. And um, <laughs> that, is, that is exploring sexuality from the point of view of um, what culture tells us, what pop culture and what women's magazines and, and capitalism tell us our desires should be. And kind of my experiences in contrast or in direct opposition to those that advice if i want to do and i'm not saying that but you know times are hard um and i've got a very good vibrato i'm not sure if you can see that um, but, um it's give me some um phone sex tips for miranda <laughs> Oh, this is where I'm like, I, you said to keep it light and fluffy. I'm about to get dogmatic as hell. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the main thing is that phone sex operators don't have scripts. All right. There are no lines. Like that's one of those sex tips that I, sex tip articles that I hate where they're like 37 sex to send to your sweetheart. Right. And mm-hmm. it's like, those are such crap. They're going to ring hollow every time. So the main thing about any kind of, any form of, of dirty talk, whether it's written or verbal is to treat it as the conversation that it should be and, 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 and tailor like what you're talking about, depending on the person on the other end of the line. I, I mean, I had to do different conversations with the hundreds of men, you know, and, but they all felt like it was authentic and real because I was actually having a conversation. How are you feeling right now? Mm-hmm. What is it you want to do? And like asking questions and listening carefully is really important for dirty talk as well. Um, that it's not like, unless they're paying you to go in there, stomp, 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 lick my, lick my feet, bitch. Like unless they're paying you for that encounter, you need to go in and invite them out and ha- and have that conversation. Like what, so how are you feeling? Right. What do you know? And that idea of like, what are you wearing? Like, yeah, that's, that's cliche, but that's, it's just a conversation started like any other, you know, what are you wearing? Are you still on the bus? Yeah, right. (laughs) You know, so, so I guess like keep it really actually think of it as a conversation and also think of it not as acting, but as improv. Mm. And I don't know if you know about improv and improv work, but like the, the number one rule for improv is when someone offers you something makes an offer, like, you know, invites mm-hmm. you to do something on stage, you say, yes, and. That's the attitude that you bring. It's like, yes, I'll take that and run with it. And that is really effective for phone sex. It took me a long time to learn that one. Mm-hmm. I was, because someone would be like, phone me up and be like, oh, are you into tickling? And I'm like, I can take it or leave yeah. it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then wonder <laughs> wonder why they put the phone down. Yes. Okay, thank you, bye. But I yes. said it really sexily. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, and then you have to like, yeah. and 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 that's true when you're making money out of it. Also, when you're talking with someone and they are vulnerable enough to share with you something that they are curious about, mm. you don't say ew. Yeah, you say, oh, I don't know. I've I've never heard of that. Like, tell me why. Do you do that? Is that exciting? Why do you like that? Like sound eager to hear about mm. it at least, even if you don't know anything mm. about it. Like you can keep the conversation going and learn something about your partner. Maybe learn something new for yourself if you just say, well, leave an opening for them to go down with that, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my, All the way. Yes. That's my main that's my main advice for like dirty talk. I know it's not like Ask questions. Keep the conversation with going through by saying yes and yes and with keep the, it open. Don't shut anything down. Yeah. I mean, you're allowed to have your you're allowed to have your hard limits. You're allowed yeah. to say you're like, I don't want to hear about uh shit or whatever. Like whatever you want to say. I don't want to mm. hear about it. You're allowed to say that, but like everything else, just be like, I don't know, tell me. Mm. Yeah. A French accent or not. <laughs> not your French accent. Yeah, no. <laughs> yes. We. Oui. I feel like oui. Oui. Uh-huh. I say yes. And that leads me to the third point is like, be willing to make a fool of yourself <laughs> and treat it. Don't treat it like the life or death. Oh my God. If this ends up a uh, big shambles, like this is the end of our relationship. It's not. If anything, it's a chance to have a lot of fun and play around. That's, that's the tips. Thanks very much to Cameron Moore. You can check her out on Twitter. She's at Cameron, C-A-M-E-R-Y-N-M-O-O-R-E. You know when you do your phone sex, mm. do you spell words out like that? <laughs> I certainly do. C to the O to the C to the K. I do it, I do it with the proper, you know, Brava, Papa, <laughs> Amiga. Amiga, Amoeba. <laughs> what, Just, what a beautiful amoeba. Really, you know, make sure I tell them to fuck off. In, I genu- oh, why in- did you... You've just turned something beautiful ugly. <laughs> Honestly, I can't wait to get a phone. <laughs> when you're allowed. When I'm allowed a phone. That's happening every day. My name is Bibi Lynch. And I'm Miranda Kane. Good Sex, Bad Sex was produced by Sam Bonham. And you can check out all our articles, including one on how to do better phone sex, at metro.co.uk. And see you next week for Good Sex, Bad Sex. I'm always plugging my blogs. Stop always. it, stop plugging. <laughs>